I believe one of the most important things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind, and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community. Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life, but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download. From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43-page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self-sabotage. If you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding, and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. Hi, I'm Shay and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. 
This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. It's me and Shay here with you today. And um, today, I just wanted to share or our idea of what we'll talk about today is um, off the back of me recently doing my level one breathwork training, which just happened in the past week. And from the training, I feel like there's always, whenever you do a training, there's always new insights that come in, new awareness that comes in, maybe some things that you knew before, but really make so much more sense now um, and just kind of land a little bit more in your being. So I messaged Shay and I said, hmm, I don't feel like I have a huge amount of information to share per se from this course, but I thought it might just be helpful to chat about the course and to chat about some of the insights that I've had. I think there may be a repetition of themes of things that we've either spoken about in depth on the show before or given lip service to on the show before. Maybe we can go in a little bit deeper today. So our intention for today is really just to share with you to have quite an open-hearted chat and I actually haven't prepared a huge amount. Shay has no idea what I'm going to say and we're just going to sort of see what comes up and let everything flow. So I hope you will enjoy listening with us today. Shay, is there anything you want to say? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I actually wanted to probably say before that if you notice that my sound quality is not great, it's this is like the hundredth episode that we've recorded in non-ideal situation. I don't have, I'm not in my office, so I don't have my fancy mic set up. And also on top of that, I've got a little bit of a cold. So if I'm all nasally and you can't really hear me very well, we do apologize and thank you for bearing with us in these crazy COVID times. I was saying to Shay before we started recording that our podcast editor, hi Jonathan, I know you're listening, is <laughs> he, he keeps on emailing me about our sound quality and like making suggestions and saying, just check your settings. And it's so sweet because obviously he just wants the best for us and the best for the show. But I think sometimes in, you know, when you're operating in non-ideal situations, you can't always get the, everything as, as perfect as we would like. So thank you everybody for bearing with and hopefully the quality of the sound and put you off too much from listening to the episode. Well, something else that actually just came up after you were just introducing the topic was this idea for me on the difference between information versus experience. And I think like that's a huge thing. I suppose it depends on where your mindset comes from and how you approach things. And I think, Anna, you come from things from quite an information-based perspective. And I think often in this journey or in this work, it's a lot of it is about the experience that we have rather than the nuts and bolts of the information thing. So it was interesting to hear you reflect on that as you were referring to this um, idea of breath work where perhaps there isn't things to be measured and measured and, and and quantified but there's some kind of shift that happens in your experience of living and being so it's really interesting too yeah i mean and i totally agree with you i think there's a difference between information and wisdom and it, the wisdom is what we gain from this lived experience and 
you know, to a certain extent, sometimes we need information. If we have a problem or we, you know, we want to solve something, we, we can use information to direct our focus. But there's this like deeper knowing or deeper intimacy that comes from actually having the experience. And that's what I really felt like this breathwork training was about. It was just this like sinking in feeling like, ah, yes, this makes sense. And not this makes sense as in this is the first time I've been exposed to this and wow, that just totally makes sense. But this makes sense as in like, I feel like I've known this all along and it's just landed type of feeling. So I wanted to start off by saying that the breathwork training I actually did was a training to offer breathwork um, to individuals. I'll be doing my group training um, in November. And the actual practice is a very, very simple practice. It's just teaching a pranayama breathwork technique, which involves two inhalations and an exhalation through the mouth breathing first into the belly, then into the chest, and then exhaling through the mouth. And this is just repeated. So the actual practice, if you think about knowledge, like how do you do the breath work? Super simple. I just explained it to you in less than 30 seconds. Um, but the training was actually called healer training. It's like healer training one, healer training two, all the way up to level five. And what's been really interesting for me to reflect on as I've been talking about the training is I'm doing my breathwork training. I'm learning how to teach breathwork. And I haven't really said to anyone, I'm doing my healer training because that for me still sits a little bit uncomfortably, I think. And um, so I thought maybe it would be helpful just to share the definition, some definitions of what, what it means to be a healer, because I think that this is maybe also just some wounding or maybe, maybe wounding is the word wounding is a little bit strong, but maybe just some conditioning from my science-based degrees, where as a, a practicing nutritional therapist and functional medicine practitioner, you're legally not allowed to use the word heal or cure or any type of languaging along those lines. So when I looked up the word healer, when I Googled the definition of healer, it came up with the definition, a person who claims to be able to cure a disease or injury using special powers. And I thought that was a very interesting definition for various reasons. And what I'd like to then say is that the definition that I've kind of accumulated, so to speak, from this training is to be a safe witness to someone else's pain. And it's this idea that we walk alongside someone, we hold space for someone, for them to have their own process, their own journey for which they're responsible for, which is a very, very different way of looking at this, def this Google definition of healing because it's that Google definition of healing is very much like I fix you. And then you're, because maybe implying the person is broken or there's something wrong with them. And that there's this idea of special powers, which um, I guess creates perhaps the separation that like certain people, like you have like the gurus or like the healers in the communities are special. And then there's the other people who, who don't have special powers. Um, where I think that, you know, we all have gifts and we all have skills and we all have tools. And 
all of who we are and all of our natural abilities make us healers in our own right, make us able to be the safe witness to someone else's pain. And also, I, I really believe that we heal ourselves. Yes, we can seek out help and support from other people. We can seek out guidance from other people. We can seek out information from other people, like we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. But I think it's still our responsibility to take that and to assimilate it, to process it in our own unique way. And it's through that, which only we can do, that this idea of healing or releasing pain really happens. So interesting. And it was interesting to me just reflecting on even the definition of healer when you first explain it, like that's very much information-based. Like what is the actual definition information? What am I getting here? What is it to be a healer? How does it mean fit into my life? And then from your explanation of how you experienced it was actually something very different. So I think also that shift is, is quite important because it's our experience of something that creates the transformation within us. And I, like I've definitely had this experience of healing in terms of being able to be seen in your own shame, your own pain. And that is very transformative for the person who is not only holding space, but for the person who is sharing or being seen in that vulnerability. So I'm curious for you, how do you find congruence between your scientific background as being someone in the science and not able to use that word and now transitioning into this more healer space? How, how do you find congruence with that for yourself? I think that's like something I've been thinking about a lot, not just post this training, but we've, I think we've talked about this, you know, previously on the show, maybe even a couple of years ago about, I always, I always feel like I'm this balance of opposites. So it's like the very sort of fact-based, science-based background with this like softer yoga side, or, you know, even being quite like physically strong, but then also feminine at the same time. So we are all things. We do have all these different parts. And I think it's, it's the integration of these parts that makes us whole. And I guess for me, it's, it's always kind of like, what do you need to do to jump through the hoops to maintain your professional integrity according to the external standards? So for me, I don't doubt my professional integrity, but from the outside bodies looking in who are trying to regulate the system, who could say, you know, uh, not that I have a, a license to practice, so to speak, that's more of a medical thing, but, you know, take your license away to practice. You kind of do need to make sure that you're jumping through the hoops so that you can maintain your, you know, professional insurances and you can maintain, you know, the things that you need to actually practice. Cause without those things, you can't help people. And then, you know, what's it all for? So there's that sort of part of me that still, I guess, is cautious and conscious of just like how I'm presenting myself maybe online or through social media to, I guess, fit into those boundaries within, you know, the profession that I'm in. But then there's this other part of me that's just like, I also know that this is actually something I've been doing a long time. So to explain what I mean by that is that the way that I was taught to practice as a nutritional therapist and in functional medicine as well is we do what we call a, a health timeline when we work with people. So whenever I work with a new client, 
they tell me the story of their life. And we start from what happened before they were born and everything that's happened that they want to share, of course, and that's in mind at that time up until, you know, the current moment. And what that is and what I can see now is that's actually being a safe witness to someone's pain because different people have got different, have had different life experiences. And I've heard so many people's stories, people who've been through, you know, very traumatic events in their life and people who've maybe actually had quite an easy life or, you know, small things that have happened that have had a really big impact. And, you know, you hear it all and there's no hierarchy, you know, pain is pain. And so for, you know, in terms of like your question, like, how do you integrate it? I think I've been integrating it all along. I just didn't know it because there is this part of me that's always been that witness to the pain of others. And I guess when I was working very much in the physical realms, you know, the nutritional therapy, the functional medicine side of things, yes, my strategies were, you know, you need to go and eat this food or take this test or take this supplement or exercise like this, or, you know, whatever those kind of practical recommendations are. And then there was this part of me that always knew that there was more, which is why I have developed my skill sets in other areas as well to create this whole container. And I guess where the yoga and now the breath work has come in, and this is something we've talked about a lot on the show before, is this, this, you know, things we can do physically to help ourselves. Sometimes there's conversations that need to be had and just the act of someone speaking and sharing something with you that they've maybe found shameful can be very healing. And then there's also this energetic component of sometimes we just need to shift energy within the body, which is part of what the, the breathwork practice does, but that's not the only tool that we have to shift energy physically. And I love what you said at the beginning about this thing that you already knew, but somehow it had landed a little bit deeper for you. And I definitely had this very similar experience when I was doing the psychic development course. And this is like where I think it would get into those like kind of questionable areas where it's like those special powers and things like that. But for me, it's also just that place of deep knowing and that deep wisdom that comes through observing someone, watching someone, sensing from them whatever you're experiencing. And there was a, a woman who was on the course with me and we had, we'd asked to take some cards out and we were just like getting an opportunity to reflect to the other person what we felt and what we saw. And on these cards that came out for her, what I felt was there was like definite loss and kind of it, ha- it, had, a, it had a feeling of miscarriage and I had this real dark kind of feeling and it's not for me to explain that story and explain that what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling fully but it's offering a gateway for her to be able to explain that story to me if she feels that it's a safe like environment to do so so all that you're doing as a person who is doing the quote-unquote the reading is just saying this is what I'm sensing it's open to you and they can then choose whether they go down that path and it was also this this really big heavy story that came out from that experience and the lecturer came over to me at the end of the session he was like you did a really healing thing there and I was like oh 
I understand this now. I get it. The whole psychic development thing is not about developing these gifts. It's not about those things at all. It's about allowing yourself the opportunity to open up space for somebody else to have that experience for themselves. And that was like when I was really like, oh, her being able to share that story with me in that safe space cleared something for her within herself. Yeah. And that holding space is, is the power of it all. This was another big learning that I got from this course. And um, one of the things is just that the more you are grounded in yourself and the more you are present with yourself, the other person can feel you because it's, I guess, you know, if you think about like when you're scattered, when your brain is busy, you're not that grounded, your energy is all over the place. But when you are grounded and present within yourself, I almost feel like then that's when you are able to hold this container because the other people can feel that presence, which you have created inside of you. And we've talked a lot about boundaries and we've talked about how like sometimes, you know, you can pick up stuff from other people or whatever. And one of the things I love that was said on the course was this idea that you, you won't pick up anything from anybody else when you are clear. And it's this idea of just being this very clean, clear, grounded, energetic channel for whatever needs to happen in the space. And there are many ways that we can access that clarity. You know, I, I feel that there's an abundance of tools available to us and, you know, you'll like certain things that really work for you and I'll like certain things that really work for me. And I guess that's what really drew me towards breathwork is because I could really start to feel myself more. And that's what the practice does. It connects you with your own energy. It connects you with what I like to refer to as home frequency, like the frequency that you can start to recognize as you. And when you are more connected to yourself, more grounded in yourself, you can have more presence to be with other people. And when I started this practice, Erin, who was one of the trainers on my course, I did a six-week course with her at the beginning of lockdown. It was almost like immediately I started to feel that. I didn't really know what it was at the time that I was feeling. I just knew that when lockdown happened and everyone was going crazy, I just felt really grounded and really present. And now I can see, you know, again, this idea of it, I knew it, but now it's landed. I'm like, oh, yes, that's what was happening. And the breath work for me enabled me to access that, but also just want to be clear that there are so many tools that we can use. Mm. And I think as you were speaking straight away, I also had this idea of boundaries and especially if somebody who's very empathetic or feeling um, strongly, or I would say not feeling with, but merging with and blending with somebody else's stuff. And for me, in like that experience and like a few experiences that I've had, if I didn't have the real clearness of being able to stay, this is my stuff over here and that's your stuff. And I'm not kind of taking that on or merging with it. If she had shared her, her story with me, it would have brought me into an absolute state because of just how much I was merging and really taking on that story and experiencing that story in the moment. And I think there's a very big difference between that 
really like absorbing somebody else's stuff and staying in your own body grounded and feeling and holding space for that person in their stuff. And I think like that was such a, such a powerful lesson that I needed to learn in order to be able to do this work more deeply. And that, that was something that, that really, that came from me on the path of love retreat that I did. And yeah, it's, it stayed with me in a very tangible way that I can really access, okay, this is me, this is you. There's an energetic boundary here that doesn't, that, that I'm making sure that we're not crossing and we're not merging, but I, and, and that enables me to do the work deeper and, and in a more um, profound way for other people when I'm not, you know, mixing with their stuff. Yeah, totally. And I wanted also just to circle back to something that you said um, at the beginning when you started telling that story was about how it wasn't your job to tell the story for her. You created, you like opened the door to the space and said, would you like to come inside? And, and she could choose yes or no. And I think in that way, it wasn't about you. And like, let me prove how amazing my intuition is right now. It was very much about the other person. And I think that that's what it means to be, to hold space for someone is just to let them be without judgment and without needing to get anything back. And I think this is something I've been guilty of in the past, not not as much in, in recent years. I think it's a sneaky thing that can always creep in. But in the past, needing my clients to get results for my own self-validation. I think that has been a big one. And it's still being very honest. It's still one that comes and pricks me, you know, from time to time, because it obviously feels good when I'm working with someone and they're getting amazing results and they're flying and they're like, Anna, you're amazing. You've helped me so much. Of course that feels good. I'm human. But then, you know, what do you do with those like sticky clients when it's not shifting for whatever reason? Because if you take full responsibility of someone's successes, you also have to take full responsibility of someone's failure. And I think when you're doing this work, whether it's work that I do or healing work generally, it can be very easy to ride this roller coaster of self-validation when it's coming externally. And so for me, what I found is the more that I've had these practices to ground into myself, I can be like, great, you got results. Or, you know, if a client is crying in front of me or throwing a temper tantrum because they haven't got the results that they wanted, I can also be like, okay, that's your responsibility. Like I'm here to help but I can't do it for you. And I can let go of that as well. So that has been a a really big learning. And it's something I have to constantly check myself on still, but these practices do really help me to stay grounded in what's my stuff and what's someone else's. And I think on that point from an empath perspective, like as you said in the beginning, like you have this need to want to fix and like help everybody and make sure everybody's like doing all the things. And I think that an empath who doesn't have those strong, energetic, emotional boundaries grounded in themselves, present in their own body, they, of course, are desperate to fix every single person because they're merging with so many other people's things that they don't want to feel because it's overwhelming, it's too much, it's painful, it's hard. It's, there's, there's a lot of that stuff that you carry of other people's subconsciously or consciously, whether you're aware of it or not. And I think that when you can build up these practices in your life that, that bring you back into your own body, that ground your feet on the, on the, on the earth, it's like, 
okay, I can hold space for this person. I don't need to fix them because I'm not the person who's carrying it for them. I can hold space for them and I can feel with them that I'm not taking it on as my stuff because there's a difference between that. And I think like having those energetic boundaries and those practices, and we've got a whole episode on boundaries um, from an energetic perspective, but I think it's really, really important to be able to start accessing that from within. I really do believe like when I first started running my business online, especially where the boundaries are or have potential to be more leaky because people can just connect with you all the time. It's not like when you see someone for a consultation and then they go home and you go home when you're connected online, it's just starts to become very leaky if you don't put those boundaries in place. And I didn't in the beginning And because I didn't know how, I was just doing the best with what I had at the time. And I also had a lot of codependent behavior with clients, like looking for success, their success to seek self-validation. And I can totally see how also having the strong achiever, that's also the knowledge seeking Anna, who's like, well, if I just learn a bit more, then I'll have more tools to help them succeed, which has been great developed got a lot of great qualifications (laughs) through that programming but also what I really needed to learn was to put better boundaries in place to be more grounded in myself and to be more present with myself you know as time has gone on there has just been this refinement and stepping more into my personal power putting better boundaries in place communicating those boundaries from a place of love and it really has been a journey but I think a lot of what happened in the past when things were more leaky, I would definitely say that's something that contributed to be me being unwell. It wasn't the only thing, but I think it's a huge contributing factor because of the stress that that creates in your life. You know, that has an impact on your stress levels and then stress levels have an impact on health. And I also resonate a lot with this idea of achiever and needing to have all the courses and the trainings and the things. And I don't know. And I've been reflecting on this actually strangely, like over the past few weeks and maybe a few months. And I don't know if it's because of this lockdown situation or it is because of pregnancy and just where I am in this phase of my life. But I've really been reflecting on, usually I'm a person who, if I hear somebody else is doing a course, if I hear somebody's doing this training or whatever, I get this feeling of like, okay, what must I do? Where else must I go? What else do I need to do? I need to like up level. And I can truly say that in this time, I don't feel any of that. I feel so just at home and at peace and grounded within what I know, what I have to share, what I have to offer. And it feels really empowering. It feels really like I I am where I am and this is really good for now. It's a very different energy than like where I would usually be coming from, where I feel like I need to seek and I need to like pull on all these things and I have to just keep, keep doing, doing, doing all these things. And perhaps it will change. Maybe this is just a very seasonal phase of my life and where I am right now in this kind of transition that I'm moving through and how I wish to move through this in terms of being very grounded, solidifying everything and just like feeling very stable. And it may change in the future, but it's just, I was reflecting on this specifically over the last while and thinking, oh, this is really interesting. Like I'm noticing a shift inside myself, which is, which has been really good. Yeah. And I resonate so much with that too. And I think that 
I've been reflecting on like how I used to be. I kind of think of like pre-spiritual awakening Anna, post-spiritual awakening Anna, but it's probably all more of a continuum versus a pre and post. And I think we need time for integration. And I think when you're a, a natural achiever, you have a strong achiever tendencies, it, it can be very tempting just to jump to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, more, 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 grow, 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 learn, 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 bigger, better, whatever that may be, look like for you. And I definitely did that from when I started my online business for like a good two or three years, possibly even four. And I achieved so much, but I never gave myself any space to integrate. And it's, I almost feel like this time I've had this season of, you know, slowness with my body. It's like been doing all the integration that should have happened, you know, the, the four years prior, it's like, okay, well, you didn't take time to integrate. So we're just going to have to like take a good big chunk of time now so that you can. And it's, it's been this time of integration and with all that integration that has been allowed to happen, even though I've resisted it at times, is I also feel a lot like what you've described is I'm like, oh, I don't need to sign up for my business mentor's next course. I don't need to do more in my business. I don't need to, I can just let things flow. And it's actually not that, and I still have been achieving, like I have been I launched my Sacred Sky program. I've got a few ideas now for things I'll be doing with the breathwork, but it's just coming from this place of like, I'd really love to do that. That just feels so energetically in alignment. It's not coming from this place of I must, I should, because look at what everybody else is doing and creating all the courses they've signed up to. So anything else that you want to share about your breathwork journey, the healing journey, the anything? Um, there was a whole other thing Shay and I talked about, which we could have also talked about today. I don't think I'm going to go into that, but we did want to have a conversation a little bit more about like a cult- cultural appropriation and how we exchange with the world. So I think that will be a really good one for us to dive into next time we speak. What I just wanted to explain is a little bit more about the breathwork in case somebody is interested in, in doing that with me. So I explained the practice at the beginning of the podcast, which is a, it's a, just a very, very simple practice. Actually, it's, you know, you don't have to have any prior experience with yoga or pranayama. You can literally just learn the breath work in like 60 seconds. That's not the hard part. The hard part is sustaining it. So usually when you do it, you can do it from anywhere between six minutes to 35 minutes. And the way that I've described this to some people is it's it's like a workout for your lungs. Um, it's a very physical practice. So even though you're lying down when you're breathing and your body is in quite a rested state, you're working for it. And this is I guess coming back to this idea that you are your own healer, you know, very often we can go to, you know, I guess healers in inverted commas where something is done to us. So you get a massage or you get a Reiki session or you get a tarot reading and um, not like the, uh, the, what you described when you were looking at the cards and you gave the person the opportunity to share her story. I think that's very different to going to a tarot reading and just being told, you know, 
things by the other person without any opportunity to exchange. So with the breath work, it's like you have to be an active participant in your healing, which I think is something that does have an impact on the outcomes that you may experience. It is a little bit of hard work, but it's like when you exercise and then afterwards you feel amazing, you get that endorphin rush. So that's kind of what you can expect to experience from the process. Um, And the way that it works is that it helps you, I guess, access the altered state of consciousness. You know, there'll be physiological changes and biochemical changes that are happening in the body and that can help you access the unconscious mind. And 90% of our programming comes from the unconscious mind. So 10% of the decisions we make every day are, are very like conscious, intentional decisions. And 90% of the things that we're, we're doing each day are coming unconsciously. Some of that unconscious programming that we have can be really, really great and fantastic. And sometimes we have unconscious programming, which is keeping us stuck or stopping us move for, moving forward, um, you know, maybe because there's some unprocessed trauma. So my plan is that I'll be integrating this with my coaching sessions. So there'll be a little bit of talking in the beginning because I feel that that's always important so that you feel fully seen and fully heard. And then the actual session is about me witnessing you with the breath. But then from that is also about being able to see what's happening in your body to intuitively be able to read what's going on and then maybe offer some other little bits and pieces within the session, depending on what's being felt or observed or heard. So that's, that's really the process and that's how I'm going to be using it with my clients. Sometimes when I'm speaking with clients in our, in our current conversations, I just feel like, I just feel like you need to do breathwork right now, but I haven't been able to offer that to them because I haven't been qualified. So that that's why I got qualified because sometimes I feel that the talking is good, but we need to get into the body as well. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. Max Strom has got such an interesting book called The Life Worth Breathing. And one of the things that he says when you which triggered me when you um, to think about it, when you said that it's an exercise for your lungs, and he says that the lungs are often associated with grief. And many people are very, very scared to take those deep full breaths because of what it might unearth. But it's actually that process of unearthing, of bringing up the grief, bringing up the emotion bringing up the anger, whatever is sitting on the chest, in the lungs and the heart around that area so that it can be processed in an emotional way out through the body that gives you that release, that gives you that clearing, that brings you back to your own self, your own body. So yeah, yeah, his work is also really, really interesting. I love that you mentioned that because we know that the like the, the heart chakra is obviously associated with the lungs and the heart and the element of air. So there's this there is this heart opening that happens as you breathe into the chest. And, um, you know, from the yin yoga side of things, a lot of our, um, our arm meridians all sort of are around the chest area. And we've got the lung meridian, the heart meridian, the small intestine, the large intestine, the pericardium, all of these meridians are all kind of working around the chest area. And these meridians are also associated with grief and sadness, but also self-love and relationships and, you know, it's it's when we get these blockages that we tend towards more grief and sadness. And then when they're open channels, there can be more self-love. So 
breathing into those parts of the body can help to bring up what might be stuck there if you know if you trust in the the wisdom of the body and the the energy of emotions and the the kind of deep um sort of lower and um, lower belly breaths that's also getting into the sacral chakra which um where we can hold a lot of I guess a lot of emotions that haven't been processed generally, there can be guilt there. Um, there can be shame more associated with the solar plexus, sexual trauma, um, especially I think with women, there's this tendency as well to like be very over giving, over mothering, not being so good at receiving. And a lot of that can all just be stuck in the body and the, the breath can help it to shift. Mm-hmm. And also like from, I haven't done breathwork training, but from what my experience of it and having done it myself, it's like it activates part of that psoas, which if you think about the psoas, it's got that insertion point that's right at the same place as the diaphragm. And then also it runs through the pelvis to the front of the leg and the fire burns so it's it's that when we breathe we are sending signals and impulses to that area of the body at the diaphragm and that same place of insertion is where the psoas begins which travels down through the pelvis so there's this amazing like energetic connection and like vibration and stuff that goes through the body just when we take deeper breaths and more conscious with our breathing so i think that's really beautiful too yeah it's i feel like Shay and I can talk about it. We've obviously both experienced it. Um, and but that's the the knowledge piece. And I think the when you really experience it for yourself, you'll have your own unique experience. And then you'll be like, oh, yes, this is what they meant. Um, so, um, you know, if the one-on-one stuff is, is maybe not available to you, um, I'm hoping I'll be running some group courses soon. So watch out for those. And because it, it's just something I would love to share with you if, that's, if, it, if it feels like it's calling you. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. And we look forward to being back with you again next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye. If you have enjoyed our conversation today and you're curious about what breathwork can do for you, I would love to invite you to join Sacred Sky, the six-week breathwork course, which starts on the 15th of November. If you resonate with the terms highly sensitive or empath, you will know that the busyness of daily life can often leave you feeling clouded and overwhelmed by the energy of others. It is really important to establish good energetic boundaries and grounding practices that help you blow away the layers of murky energy that leave the sense of stuckness in your body. Breathwork is one of my go-to practices for keeping my energy clean and clear and coming back to my home frequency. When I am connected to my body and my energy, I can easily tell when people, places, and things are pulling me outside of myself. Sacred Sky is a six-week breathwork journey where you will learn to become your own healer, to shift your stuckness, your stagnant energy, and connect to your intuition. If you'd like to join me on this journey, you can join by going to Sacred Sky or one word forward slash breathwork. You can find this link in the show notes of this podcast, or feel free to reach out to me on social media if you're struggling to access the page to register. Registration ends on the 13th of November, 
and there are various rates available to suit different budgets, but everybody receives the same service. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in our Sacred Sky journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.